Economic news on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on. And we join now by Nadir Token. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to your listeners. Now, Nadir, corporate profits in South Africa falling. What does this mean? Yeah, you know, Sakina, okay, so the gauge we're using here is the National Accounts of the Reserve Bank. So there's a couple of things to consider. It obviously doesn't take into profit, it doesn't take into account profitability of companies with offshore operations. So it excludes offshore operations from the discussion. So as the first port of call, you know, we know that, uh, that, uh, JC listed companies now derive a large part of their revenue from, um, outside of South Africa. So it's not necessarily the best gauge for offshore equities, particularly in the Randhead space, but it is definitely a gauge for SA incorporated companies listed on the JSE as well as unlisted companies, but also, um, you know, an indication of where compensation for uh, workers in South Africa is going and what this means for retailers. So if we summarize some of the numbers from the uh, national accounts of the Reserve Bank, we see that uh, the net operating surplus, which is in effect a gauge of profitability of both listed and unlisted Firms, um, you know, it fell by 3.8% um, in for the year of 2015. So, you know, and this is the worst result that's been recorded since the global financial crisis. And obviously, um, you know, we know that the global financial crisis had particular dire situations associated with it. So, the number really isn't great. Corporate profitability falling or net operating surpluses falling. Um, you know, and if we look at it as a share of GDP, um, you know, it's coming in at uh, just under 16% corporate profitability as a share of total GDP according to the Reserve Bank national accounts and uh, that's well below a peak of 20.4% and the lowest share of GDP recorded since 1999, Sakina. So corporate profitability in South Africa really not looking great Uh, but at the same time we saw non-financial firm and financial firms uh, wages increasing at a a clip well above inflation with with, uh, non-financial firms uh, increasing their wages at just above 8% and financial firms increasing their wages at just above 9%. Now, uh, you know, worker compensation as a share of GDP has really jumped up quite a lot. It went from 25.3% of GDP um, in 2014 to 28.9% of GDP in 2015. So, in summary, what do we see? We see corporate profitability falling. We see wages of, uh, you know, the working population going up. Um, you know, and this is obviously not a sustainable equation. So, unfortunately, we've got to see something moderating. We've either got to see corporate profitability rising, but we know that, uh, you know, the backdrop is not supportive of that, or we've got to see, uh, we've got to see employment growth slowing, or we've got to see wage growth slowing. So, you know, all this is indicating that, uh, you know, if wage growth is going to slow or employment growth is going to slow, this is obviously not a good sign for, you know, a number of the South African regions. Retailers who have been buoyed by, you know, a very robust consumer. We know South Africans love to consume. Um, you know, and we saw, we saw continued retail sales growth numbers coming out just the other day. Um, you know, but we're likely to see a lot of this coming under pressure for the foreseeable future, Sakina, because this uh, compensation as a share of GDP, uh, you know, while corporate profitability is falling, is not a sustainable number. So, you know, unfortunately, this doesn't bode well for 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 uh, the. South 
South African economy. It doesn't bode well for, you know, things like retailers' profitability or South African incorporated companies' profitability. Um, you know, and we could see tough times ahead for these companies in terms of generating profitability, particularly for companies, um, you know, within the South Af- who are exposed only to the South African economy. And then, Nadir, uh, just looking at currencies, uh, the dollar has weakened. Uh, Some say that uh, recent weakening is good news for the U.S., is it? Yeah, well, exactly right, Sakina. You know, I think uh, the Federal Reserve sort of embarked on interest rate increases or monetary policy tightening uh, at the back end of last year. We know they did their first interest rate hike in December, and at the time, you know, they were talking about something between a 75 basis points and a 1 percentage point increase in interest rates over the course of 2016. Now, you know, as 2016 started to progress, the robust dollar really hurt the U.S. economy. You know, we saw the manufacturers back on the back of that, we saw economic growth numbers in the U.S. Uh, for the first quarter being, um, you know, somewhat disappointing, although that may be a seasonal effect as every year in the first quarter, the economic growth numbers there are disappointing. So, you know, we have this situation where the rampant dollar really, in effect, was was a pseudo-interest rate increase. It really tightened conditions within the U.S. economy, and this was against a backdrop of China continuing to slow, you know, European um, growth not being as robust as what the Federal Reserve or the world would have hoped it to be. Um, so, you know, the Federal Reserve had to put interest rate increases on the back burner for a while. Now, um, you know, we, we, we currently sitting in market conditions where, um, you know, with the extent to which uh, the, the, the dollar is weak, the markets are sort of pricing in no interest rate increases over the summer for the U.S., um, you know, but uh, what we've got to remember is that the weaker dollar is, one, going to be good for corporate profitability because, you know, just like our Randhead stocks, a number of stocks listed on the New York Stock Exchange or listed in the U.S. generate their profits from outside the United States, so a weakening dollar is the definitively good for that corporate profitability. Two, the weaker dollar is good for U.S. exports and U.S. manufacturing, um, you know, so that should have a pickup effect on, on, on growth as the dollar has weakened. Um, you know, and three, we're sort of starting to see, uh, you know, uh, higher commodity prices, you know, we're seeing higher platinum prices, we're seeing higher oil prices. Let's not forget, oil is, has almost doubled from its lows. You know, it, it, it trusts at about $28 a barrel, and we're currently trading around $48 a barrel. So, you know, all these effects are all, all these increasing commodity prices and a weaker dollar. Um, you know, it's going to have some sort of inflationary effect on the U.S. economy. Yes, uh, you, you know, we know that the, that the increase in commodity prices has a lag effect on inflation. So we're going to see that increased inflation likely to come through in the next couple of months rather than, the, rather than immediately. But uh, so we're going to see increased inflation. We're going to see improved economic growth numbers. We're going to see improved corporate profitability. Um, you know, and there's a distinct risk that uh, the Federal Reserve is going to turn a little bit more hawkish than what they've been more recently. Um, you know, and the market could be caught a little bit off guard. In fact, we've seen the dollar strengthening a little bit off its lows. We saw the rand depreciating by about uh, two and a half to three percent yesterday, with it going over 14.60 to the dollar. So, you know, it seems that uh, the market is only pricing in a very dovish Federal Reserve with 
low interest rates for the foreseeable future, and they're completely discounting the fact of what the, 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 the impact of the weaker dollar and what that might do to the Federal Reserve moves, um, you know, over the, over, over the shorter to medium term. So it's something that, you, uh, that uh, markets should definitely keep their eyes out for, particularly given the amount of global financial flows which have happened on the back of a very uh, dovish Federal Reserve. You know, we've seen, for example, our listed property sector has gone from 5% foreign-owned to over 40% foreign-owned, um, you know, uh, in, the, in, in, the, in sort of over the last three years or four years. So, you know, and that's all on the back of a search for yield. We've seen our bond market rallying substantially over the last couple of weeks and months, um, you know, on the back of a search for yield and expectations that the Federal Reserve are going to remain dovish. Um, you know, those are just some of the examples of asset classes which have seen big financial inflows because the Federal Reserve has kept interest rate low and uh, something that investors should be wary of. And then just finally, Nadir, the Eurozone inflation forecasts were released yesterday. Why are these numbers important to us? Yeah, it seems like quite an arbitrary number to care about, you know, sitting in South Africa, Eurozone inflation. But uh, the bottom line is that it's impacting uh, ECB monetary policy, and ECB monetary policy is very, very relevant in the world today because, um, you know, if the ECB decides to become more dovish and pump more stimulus into the Eurozone economy, either by cutting the deposit rate further into negative territory, although this has some unintended consequences and, uh, you know, the, the how... You know how um, how useful this is in terms of spurring economic growth and inflation is doubtful. So uh, you know the, the, the stimulus we could see is a ramping up of the QE program. We saw them increasing it from 60 billion euros a month to 80 billion euros a month. Um, you know in March, and uh, you know this is all on the back of inflation being very very disappointing. And uh, you know we, we still continue to see inflation forecasts being downgraded. Um, you know from 0.4 percent. Uh, just a couple of months ago to 0.2% for 2016 and still well below the 2% target for 2017 coming in at, uh, you know, 1.2%, also being downgraded from the forecast of 1.5% for 2017 just a couple of months ago. So we're sitting in this conundrum where, um, you know, Mario Draghi is faced with the euro is actually slightly appreciated so far this year against the dollar. Um, you know, so a stronger euro is definitely not helping the inflation outlook. And, you know, economic growth is not gaining traction as the ECB would have wanted. You know, their negative interest rate policy, as I mentioned, is not as effective as what they may have wanted it to be. It's not resulting in loan extension. Um, you know, so inflation is really just going sideways or, in fact, even backwards. And uh, this may result in more stimulus from the ECB, and more stimulus from the ECB means, uh, you know, more money sloshing around in the global economy and potentially more money finding its way into risk assets uh, you know, as central banks continue to, to uh, you know, bolster risk appetite. So if that continues to happen, we may continue to see global equities find a support base if the ECB remains increasingly dovish. Nadir Token, analyst at uh, 24-7 Investment Managers.